BS Free Witchcraft is a production of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. Nerd and Tie produces podcasts ranging from actual play to true crime, and you can find more at nerdandtie.com or join our Discord by going to nerdandtie.com slash Discord. Welcome to BS Free Witchcraft, your monthly guide to the modern witchcraft movement, minus a lot of the usual, well, bullshit. I'm your host, Trey Dorn, and it's July, guys. It's it's July, which means it's time for the annual Q&A slash feedback episode, 2021 edition. It's exciting. Um, like last year, I got my act together and actually got this done before heading off to the woods. Uh, you know, the... 2019 episode was literally recorded in the woods. This one is recorded in the studio, like a normal human person, which I am. Completely human. Don't don't worry about it. Yep. Anyways, <laughs> what we're doing this episode is I had you guys send me questions, um, largely over the uh, the inbox on the website. Uh, a couple of these came from Tumblr. And I'm these. I'm going to answer these. Uh, I'm going to answer these anonymously. I'm not going to say who wrote them in. I literally like I have in my email box like who wrote them, but in the document I put together of the 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 questions that I got them an answer, I I left off the name, so I'm not even tempted to refer to people by name on these. Uh, and so yeah, um, that's what we're doing this episode. Is I'm just gonna read the question. I'm going to answer the question. I have anyone who's listened to the show before knows I do not prepare my answers remotely. So I don't know what I'm going to say. So that's, that's super fun. Um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, let's just get into this stuff. Right. Right. So I said I was going to do this anonymously, but I'm going to answer the first question saying who wrote it uh, because uh, she deserves it. Um, <laughs> Ask Secular Witch, uh, who has a great Tumblr, that if you're on, if you're using Tumblr and you're interested in a weird, in interesting takes on witchcraft and thoughts on spell paradigms, and uh, yeah, Ask Secular Witch has a great Tumblr to follow. Um, assuming you're 18 or older. Um, at asksecularwitch.tumblr.com, or I think technically her blog is hidden from like the non-logged-in users last time I checked, so you might have to be logged in to find it. But still, the username asksecularwitch. She writes, for BS Free Witchcraft, have you done any candle spells since your candle magic episode? Please feel free to elaborate. And um, she's referring to the uh, the freaking candles episode that I did uh like a little while while ago um but uh the answer to that may surprise you as no i i have not done any candle spells since then um that episode was an episode i wrote and i did because um i wanted to branch out and cover some like magical topics and it, it was a really interesting one to research but i don't do a lot of candle magic normally in my actual personal practice. Um, 
like I've, I have historically done candle magic, and I will probably do it again, but I, it's not something I do in my day to day. So it's just like mm, it, that was more. A lot of that was just like the the academic of the metaphys the academics of the metaphysics were the interesting part to me because I kept seeing all of these contradicting like stuff, and so that's that's why I did an episode. But I honestly I don't do candle magic, and the the primary reason why. In all honesty, is because uh, I rent, and open flames are strictly forbidden in my lease agreement. And while I could get away with, you know, probably lighting a candle, um, I a part of my brain is like, my neighbors can look in the window and they're going to see that candle, and then they're going to tell the landlord, and then I'm going to get evicted, and then everything goes to yeah. So uh, I've generalized anxiety disorder. That little voice swaps up in my head, and so I don't. <laughs> I mean, so, uh, Sec, that's your answer. I, I don't do anything. And I know you're not going to listen to the episode past my answering your question, but I did anyways. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So uh, not everything I talk about on the show is always something that I do. And I think that's important because practices are wide and varied. Um, but I want to cover as much as it is possible. And so it's while I had done candle magic historically, I don't currently do it. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, another question that came in through Tumblr was uh, just asking, what is it specifically about Wicca that resonates with you? What are your favorite things about it? What makes it different than other traditions in your mind? That came in from Tumblr. And that is... So Wicca... How I came to Wicca... Um, I came to Wicca kind of in a way... I think a lot of people did where I kind of figured out what I already believed and like my concept of divinity and what I found was there was this thing called Wicca that accurately described what I felt and so I didn't look at it so much as like I didn't like read this thing and be like oh that must be right it's I already felt what must be right and then I found a thing that already described it um so it's the the reason why Wicca resonates with me is because honestly uh it it echoed what I already was thinking. Um I think it's things that hmm young Trey thought that things were a balance between the the masculine and feminine energies at, at a very young age and and found themselves walking that's, who would have thought that Trey turned out to be non-binary? Who would have guessed? <laughs> you know, in retrospect, a lot of things make sense. Um, when when put through that lens, huh? I was I was a genderqueer teenager who didn't know the words because it was the '90s, and uh, I barely knew about trans people, let alone. I barely knew about binary trans people, let alone non-binary gender and genderqueer people. Um, so that's, I honestly, I really think that if I look back at it, what drew me to Wicca and the concept of the god and goddess and the balance of the universe was the fact that I was already kind of dealing with that internally of the, the balance between like masculine and feminine inside me. And 
like I think that really pulled me in, which is so funny when you look at like all the um the history of gender essentialism in in Wicca that is like completely contrary to that idea. Um that's <laughs> like like it's like a lot of version like a lot of people's Wicca practices go to this like gender essentialist stuff, which is completely contrary to my own like perspective on it. But that's that's what pulled me in. And um it's it's just funny. Um so yeah, it's uh I and I, I do believe like my cons my conception of the god and goddess, the Wiccan god and goddess are as um reflections we put on a higher power that we as people can't quite understand like i i it's i'm not necessarily a literalist like i don't like i used to do i don't do patrons uh like like i don't like look at the goddess and call her artemis um and like it's the because there's this whole kind of thing with Wicca where, like, some people's versions of Wicca is that, like, my your, your god is just my god in a funny hat. Like, all gods are faces of the god, and all goddesses are faces of the goddess. And you can just swap out what name you're using because you're looking at that aspect. And I used to, like, you know, um, like, Odin was very important in, like, as, like, uh... I swapped between Odin and Thor at various points as my face of the god. Like I and I, I, I did a lot of like uh, Hellenistic, Hellenist, Helen, Hellenic, Hellenic. It's stupid mouth. Hellenistic is different than Hellenic. Uh, a lot of different um, Hellenic goddesses, but like in the end, I just like they're just the god and goddess. I'm not trying to claim anybody else's deity. I don't think there's necessarily something inherently wrong with the the idea of of having like a patron deity in that respect um, as a Wiccan. I don't think there's necessarily something inherently wrong, but I do think it maybe merits some examination. Um, as to what makes it different from other traditions, I don't know. It's just, it's... <laughs> Like it's, it's the one I picked. Uh, no, um, I mean I became a witch in the '90s. It was the form of witchcraft I was exposed to, and because of the the conception of the the god and goddess duality, combined with the the primary moral tenet being a reed, um, I can't tell you necessarily what makes it different from other tra witchcraft traditions for like the witchcraft itself. Because honestly, I think that um, inherently we have more in common with other witchcraft traditions in the sense that. Uh, the goal of doing magic is to do magic. Like, um, I believe in my god and goddess, but I think if my goal is to cast a protective ward, I don't think there's a lot different in philosophy. I think I think while there are differences in philosophy between how may maybe n magic works or the steps to perform a spell, I think that the goals of the witch themselves as people are, are much more similar than they are different. So... Um, yeah, I think uh, I think what makes it different from other religious traditions, um, what makes Wicca different from other religious traditions is the uh, while we believe in this God and Goddess and these, these holy things, um, we don't have scripture. Uh, the um, like take the Wiccan read, right? The Wiccan read uh, and Harmon do as you will. It's those eight words, only those eight words. Um, 
the Wiccan read is a piece of advice. Read means advice. It's not a law. So what the Wiccan read is, is a Wiccan should be doing this, right? Like, and it, like, do, don't hurt. You can do what you want as long as you're not hurting people. It's what a Wiccan should be doing. The, the universe isn't going to smack you for it. Uh, the threefold, I've, I've talked about this on other episodes, but the threefold law was a later edition by Monique Wilson. Um, she pulled it out of her ass. Raymond Buckland published the heck out of it and popularized it. But uh, the threefold law is it's a misreading of High Magic's Aid by Gerald Garner. So d don't even don't even at me with like threefold nonsense. That's not built into the universe. OK. It just ain't. Um, so uh, the, the, our like the fact that like our, our primary moral philosophy is just trusting you to be try to be a good person, right? It, it's we're we're trusting you. The universe isn't going to do anything about it. You make the decision. You're going to be the one judging yourself. So that's what makes it different from other real from a lot of other religious traditions to me. Um, yeah, that was a long answer to a short question. So we're gonna <laughs> let's let's take a nice uh, softball question. Softball question here. Um, uh, a person emailed uh, binging your podcast. You mentioned warding sometimes. Would you go further into detail about what it is, why it's done, and how to do it? Um, that one's that's an older question that was sitting in the inbox um, since last year. Uh, I talk a little bit about the how in, in my ghost episodes, honestly, uh, in my my freaking ghosts episode. But warding is just protective magic. It's casting a protective spell. If you want to, like, you know, um, you you would then ward uh, yourself against negative energy or against spells. It's just shielding, protective magic, stuff like that. And there's a lot of different ways to ward, be it sigil craft, be it, um, I, you know, it's, and, and I'll, I think there's another question where I'm going to talk a little bit more about uh, that process. But yeah, it's just, it's just protective magic. Um, so yeah, there's a nice short answer. <laughs> All right. The, the next one is, could you recommend, another person asks, um, could you recommend any specific books for beginners? I'm scared of reading books that are less exploratory and more. This is how you should do it. Um, I'd actually, so if you go back, um, in the archives of the show, uh, let me, I think it's, is it episode five? Um, you know, I could just look. Yeah, episode five. Um, I talk about a couple of different books. Um, for in episode five, Building Your Own Path, um, I recommend, really, there are three books I, I recommend for beginners to start with. Um, and it depends on what kind of, of witchcraft you're looking to get into. Um, so, uh, if you, if you're just like want general witchcraft, uh, advice, um, I'm, I, my, my first recommendation is for, for that can apply to pretty much any kind of path is uh, Grove Daughter Witchery by Brina Garen. Brie hosts, uh, full disclosure, Brie hosts another podcast on this network, Hex Positive. Brie's been on the show multiple times, but I recommended this book like almost a year before I ever met Brie. Like I, I read the book prior to meeting her <laughs> okay so um it was my first exposure to her was reading that book um so grove daughter witchery is great um i've got it on kindle but like it's 
she's got them available on um, on Amazon, on uh, I think also on her uh, personal website. She has them for sale. But Grove Daughter Witchery, and uh, really probably any of Bree's books are good, but Grove Daughter Witchery is if I was going to pick a book that, like, if you're going to buy one book of hers, Grove Daughter Witchery is the the one you should get. Um, for Wicca in general, um, I usually recommend, for, rec for Wicca specifically, I should say not in general, meh. Um, I'm very articulate. Uh, it, for, for Wicca specifically, uh, you know, it, it's dated, but Scott Cunningham is not a bad place to start with uh, Wicca, a guide for the solitary practitioner. Um, I mean, it's, you have to understand he, he wrote that a long time ago cause he's been, um, he, he died fairly young. Um, Scott Cunningham did. So, um, it's, there hasn't been updates because, you know, he, passed away several decades ago um but uh wicca guide for the solitary practitioner is pretty good um it's not perfect obviously it's very much a product of its time but it is still i i haven't found a better beginner book for wicca um if you if you know of one go ahead and tell me because um it's there there's a lot of bad stuff out there and so if i was going to pick a wicca book like if you're interested in the kind of witchcraft i do specifically that's a good book um grove daughter witchery is good for all kinds of witchcraft um breeze a secular witch not a wiccan um so she takes things obviously not you know in, in a more broad perspective um and then finally, the, the other book I'm going to recommend is the late Margaret Adler's uh, Drawing Down the Moon. Margaret Adler wrote Drawing Down the Moon. Um, there are multiple editions. I think the last one was done in the mid-2000s. Um, she updated it repeatedly um, before she passed. She passed away in, in like a, in, in a while ago, <laughs> like 2014, I want to say. Um, but uh, the last edition was in 2006, um, and it's it's a Margaret Adler was Margaret Adler was a, a Wiccan witch, but she was also um, an NPR journalist. And this book is not perfect. Um, like there there are there are criticisms. There is there's some dated language. Like there's one line in the book about Diana in the Diana Wicca section that. Um, like a sentence that feels kind of transphobic, uh, just to warn you. Um, and it's not necessarily like the language at the time when she wrote that line was a little bit more common, but our language in the, in the transgender and queer community has changed since she wrote that. So, um, that's just something to, um, but what it is, what drawing down the moon is, is, um, her attempt to put together a history of, um, of the effectively the modern witchcraft and neo pagan movement, um, it's it's not perfect, but it's pretty good, and um, I think I think it's pretty good. Um, it, like obviously, it's not going to talk about like secular witchcraft because first off, that wasn't that prominent at, in you know the last time she updated two thousand six. Um, the witchcraft community has really changed a lot in the last decade. But if you want to understand the history of the the modern movement um it's a great place to start and i'm what 
what reading that book will do, and this is the important part, the, the reason why you re want to read that book is because what that will do is kind of give you a baseline about um, a more accurate understanding about the history of the movement. Like Wicca was founded in the 20th century. Like, and it's not super revolutionary for me to say that now because we have things like Wikipedia and it's like, it's generally accepted that Wicca was founded in the 20th century. But when she wrote this book, when she wrote this, when, when Margot Adler wrote this book, that wasn't generally accepted by the community as large. They were still falling under the myth of this ancient stuff. So that's why if you if you read Drawing Down the Moon, what you'll get is a solid understanding, kind of a, like a good baseline for like the general history. So when you pick up another witchcraft book, when you pick up like, you know, X whatever's book on, you know, Bob's Book of Witchcraft, then you can, when you read that, and suddenly Bobbert Bobson, the author of Bob's Book of Witchcraft, starts talking about the history of witchcraft and gets, like, a whole bunch of stuff wrong, you start, you can take a look and say, well, okay, this author doesn't know what they're talking about. Also, you know, honestly, read Wikipedia. <laughs> it's, like, it's not going to teach you how to be a witch at all. But, again... Um, the great thing about Wikipedia is that it cites its sources, so you can go back to those sources and vet those sources. And then, when you pick up a witchcraft book and it says something stupid, like giving you a definite, definite, like, the word witch meant wise woman, like, no, it, we don't know that. We don't know that. The, the, the root words of the of which are highly contested of the old where the old English witch and witcha came from. And so yeah. Um that's 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 the, the beginner books. Alright. The next question. Alright, this next one we're still, we're still gonna start getting into the longer questions. Um uh, hi, the, the next person wrote, Hi, I love the show and I'm generally interested in witchy things, plus slowly working through my own perspective on religion. I grew up as a literalist Christian in the southern United States, left into strict atheism in college, and am now finally chilling out a bit and trying to escape that binary view. So, my question is, do you have any tips on finding that discernment on what to take literally when people talk about magic versus what's just metaphor or exaggeration or something in between those points since my default positions are fully literally true or not true at all and it's very reductive. All right, so when we talk about magic, what's metaphor or exaggeration? I, um, I talk about magic in a very literal sense, right? Like, uh... Like, I don't think, you know, like, I can't. So magic, so this is the thing, yeah, this is the thing we often had to do in the 90s, holy cow, okay, flashing back, flashing back. When we talk about magic, we know that we don't have superpowers, right? I can't make a fireball form in my hand and throw it at the wall. I can't instantaneously make storm clouds appear and strike lightning upon my enemies. If I could, that would be so cool. But we know that we can't do that, right? Like, we know witchcraft isn't superpowers. Um... 
friend of mine in college used to joke that I, I could get us out of situations with my Wiccan superpowers. And yeah, it running gags aside, witchcrafting superpowers. Um, the idea is that we're trying to subtly exert stuff on the universe. And the harder something would be, the more energy it would take. So, like, to spontaneously create matter would probably take way more magical energy than any of us. But if you want to try to, like, push the world in a direction, you know, if you're, if you're trying to do magic to try to draw rain, a spell done by more people would be more powerful than a spell done by one person. It's, you don't have to, like, so when I talk about, like, you know, if I'm casting a spell to do something, I'm trying to make it literally happen. That doesn't mean it'll literally happen. It means I'm trying to make it literally happen. Um... And, you know, just like you got a ball and it's on the ground. You can't kick the ball, but you need to get it down the hallway, right? Like you need to get it to, to go somewhere. And you can, you say you've got a, and, and so you want to, the, the, the spell in this metaphor is maybe you got a fan. Maybe you got an electric fan that you can plug in and point at the ball. Small ball. With an, a ball with enough surface area, but not too much weight, you can get to go down the hallway. Small ball without a lot of surface area, maybe you can't. A huge, heavy medicine ball, you're not going to budge. So it's uh, with every magic spell, you're just pushing that much at it. <laughs> you know, that's how much you can do. And uh, circumstantially, it uh, can't. So that's. Um, yeah, it's witchcraft ain't superpowers. So, um, you know, we're talking about subtly changing the universe, I guess. Uh, I don't know, man. It's, you know, I will tell you, like, this is a thing. Like, I have said it before and I'll say it again. If someone repeated back to me my own experiences, I would not believe them. <laughs> like, I instinctively am very judgmental. Um, I don't say this stuff out loud because then I remember oh wait Trey all this stuff's happened to you and you've been there and you saw that with your eyes so uh yeah um so I would say what's metaphor or exaggeration or something it, like I don't know man like I cast spells often to try to, like, alter my own actions. So it's like... Like, if I'm trying to... Like, people talk about, like, prosperity spells or things like that. Or, like... What I always tried to do when I was casting those spells is to try to, like... Alter my own behavior to draw me towards the things that I wanted, right? Like, um, if going left or right would have equal chances of, would have, like, if one of these two paths, like the equal looking paths, one would lead to what I wanted and the other one wouldn't, I would cast a spell to try to make it so I'm more likely to choose the right random answer, right? Like, without thinking about it. Like, that's that's the kind of magic I, I do. So, um, I don't know, man. Like, for what's literal and what's metaphor, you just sort of got to, try like try try it like it's you know as secular which i mentioned before is like 
pretty much will try any like has has tried so many things that of course seem nonsensical like uh trying to get ice powers by squeezing an ice cube um i don't feel bad telling that story she wrote it on the internet um and obviously that wasn't gonna work but you just i don't know try see what works if it doesn't do shit doesn't do shit <laughs> that's i'm that was a terrible answer and i'm sorry um next question Oh, this is a very on the same line. So, question, how do you set your judgment to not immediately say something is bullshit? For example, organic and non-GMO is total BS, and I hate it. And even an otherwise good source will be like, make sure you use organic, and I don't want to listen to anything else I have to say. I know what makes a good source on a scientific article, but, uh, but on witchcraft is different. All right, so... Um, this is the lesson. Uh, a lot of witches don't know what the fuck they're doing. In fact, actually, to some degree, every single one of us has at least some category of thing where we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Um, someone might have good ideas on witchcraft and then turn around and say, like, and have bought into the um, anti-genetically modified organism. So, so actually, like, okay, so, like, I try not to buy GMO stuff, not because I think it's unhealthy for me, but... And, and not because I think inherently the genetic, genetically modified organisms are bad, but companies like Monsanto have used genetically modified uh, crops to extort farmers, like extort family farms. Um, that's bad. <laughs> All right. Um, that There's a human element there. So arguably um, organic stuff is bad. Sometimes, sometimes, and sometimes organic stuff, and or at least non-GMO stuff. I won't say organic. Organic is a bullshit category that doesn't really fucking matter. Um, arsenic is organic, uh, but non-GMO stuff. Um, I will go that way if I can, only because it usually means that. Because I, I think it's more important to make sure you're supporting independent farmers and things like that. Um, but that doesn't just because you know you and I can see the nuance there and can understand that like organic is a bullshit label put on there for marketing terms. Um, and often means nothing because there's no legal definition of what organic is. Um, it's just sort of like, man, I don't know. <laughs> These are awful answers. Um, Yeah, it's with witchcraft, you have to judge each sentence on its own. And I will say that, like, it's you kind of take it as a balance. Like, if this person keeps spouting nonsense, sentence after sentence, throw them out the window. Um, but if they, like, if you see some line about, like, buy organic or something like that, or, like, um, like, they're good witch, they're, they're, like, semi-decent witchcraft books from... 20 years ago which will have very wrong stuff in there but are still otherwise valuable um it's what you have to do is look at the human person writing that source right you have to understand that no one none purity is bullshit um none of us are pure we're all gonna say something wrong i know for a fact that i've had problematic takes historically i'm 40 years old i've said dumb stuff you know it's I've I've said dumb stuff historically. So I know that if you dug through everything I've ever said, you're going to find wrong things. 
Uh, the the goal is to you know as you learn more to update and be correct you know do your best to you know um, adapt to new information and to take that in but you know with witchcraft books and sources you just kind of got to go this was written by another person just like me and witchcraft is a community of equals None of us are more important than any of us. Like it's, I know you're you're listening to a show where you listen to me talk, and yes, I have over twenty years of experience as a witch. Um, but like, I'm still learning stuff every day. I don't know herbs worth shit. All right, I don't do any herb stuff. So like, if you asked me a question about herbs, I'd be like, I don't know. Go ask Bree. Um, <laughs> like, I have I have literally on the Discord been like uh someone's asked a question about herbs and those i don't know uh hey brie um so like yeah it's uh you just have to understand that it's written by a person and maybe some of their ideas are good maybe some of them are bad and let their it's important that you just kind of build a good baseline about what you understand is right and wrong and then um adapt to what they have and if they don't source what they're saying or at least provide like a uh, footsteps to confirm what they're talking about, you know, maybe don't keep reading. Yeah. All right. So. Um, here's another question that came in a little bit ago. Um, hello from England. Love the show and have been binging it. I'm wondering, I was just listening on my drive home, and you talk about friggin' ghosts and the way you use grounding to create a kind of wall to, quote, sweep your space. This brought to mind discussions... Oh, I should have said inverted commas. Um, <laughs> they're from England. All right, so this brought to mind discussions I've heard about witches using um, besoms to um, literally sweep away bad energy and sources and entities. That idea, although in principle a good one, has never grabbed me. I like the idea of your spectral bulldozer and would be curious to try it. I'm wondering if you might consider a bonus episode or episodes where you provide guided audio to conduct this work with. Uh, sort of like guided meditation, but more of a tool. I know I'd love to have such episodes bookmarked for whenever I need them, and your voice and style would lend itself to some really useful calming guides. Audio guides are so helpful to those of us that struggle to quiet our minds and ground on our own. These could even be a collection available to patrons, potentially, if you saw fit. Love to hear your thoughts, and if you get time to read this out. Well, okay, yeah, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> um... So I know at least I should probably do a guided walkthrough of grounding. I think I, it's like I kind of half did one during the um, Dabbler's Week episode um, where like I, I, I kind of walked through that a little bit. Um, but I'm just grounding and centering. But yeah, yeah, that's definitely something to consider down the road. I don't know if I would do it as an episode or if I would do it as bonus episodes or if I would do them as Patreon exclusives. Let me think about that. Um, but that is that is definitely, definitely a thought. All right, next question. 
not going to be a short episode, guys. All right. First, thank you uh, for all that you do to make this show. You've provided much guidance and sanity to the relatively new witch. Oh, to this relatively new witch. I still use something you said in a very early episode as a guiding motto. Quote, if you're going to be a witch, be a fucking witch. End quote. I'm not, actually, I don't remember saying that. It sounds like me. <laughs> All right, back to the letter. Uh, whenever I question my practice, like, what if I'm just totally Looney Tunes and this is all in my head, that saying gives me the confidence to put my big witch bloomers on and get my confidence back on track. That said, I do have a question for the episode. What are your thoughts on incorporating cannabis into one's practice? Assuming it's legal where the witch is located, can it really, can it really help open us to connection with the divine, or are you just stoned? Uh... I'm going to tell you something truthfully. I have never used marijuana in my life. I'm 40 years old, never done pot. It is not legal in my state, although it is legal in um, some neighboring states where, you know, I could try it if I wanted to, but um, I don't, I don't, I actually live pretty cleanly. Um, I don't use, I, I don't, do pot. I don't do any drugs. I don't drink alcohol. Um, I like being as present in the moment as possible. Uh, but that's that's a personal thing. There's no judgment against anybody who does those things. I have friends who do all of that stuff. I mean, you know, um, <laughs> I have family members. Yeah, it, but I just personally don't. It's I. I spend many. You know, it's a. Uh, like I've I've spent time hanging out in bars with friends. I just didn't drink while I was there. Um, I was very handily a designated driver at multiple parties. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I just I so uh, I don't know. Try it. If it's legal where you are, go go try it and report back. <laughs> that's yeah. That's that's my terrible answer. These are all terrible answers, and I'm disappointed that any of you listen to me because I'm doing a terrible job. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If anyone did, no, I'm, I'm doing fine. I'm just self-deprecation, man. I'm Midwestern. Um, next question. Hi. So I turned 18 this year and have been a practicing witch for the last four or so years. It goes without saying that I'm obviously not the most experienced practitioner out there, but I'm also definitely not a complete beginner. I learned most of the basics from a family friend who is also a witch, both by her word and by different books she had recommended me. Anyway, for about a year now, there's been a surge in the amount of kids my age or even younger online who have started learning about witchcraft and spirituality as a whole, which would be great if they didn't solely rely on the internet to get their information. Don't get me wrong, I think it's awesome that this type of info is becoming more accessible, but it's also frustrating to see blatantly wrong facts being spread like wildfire. How do you think social media has changed the quality of information being told to young and upcoming witches? Well, okay, so first off, uh, I'm glad that you are going down your witchcraft practice. Four years is perfectly good. You know, it's, I thought I was way much more of an expert at four years than I realized that I am at 20. So, you know, glad that you also have some perspective on that. Um, I don't know if... I don't the incre the the interest in witchcraft has kind of been a steady increase for decades. I don't think that there's a marked 
Like, I think that um, pop culture has maybe noticed it more, but I don't think that there's a marked increase in how many people are getting into it in the last year. It's um, maybe it's become more socially prevalent in the last six or seven. Um, and even then, again, this is pretty... Uh, uh, they're getting stuff online. I think the, the real shame is that some of the online resources we used to have don't exist anymore. Um, you might... I, I don't know if I've talked about it on the show, but I've definitely lamented about the loss of Witchvox on, um, on, the, on the Nerd and Tide Discord, the Discord for the show. Um, and, well, it's for the whole podcast network. We've got a channel on there. And I've, I've definitely lamented the loss of Witchvox. Witchvox used to be this website that... Um, was around for a really long time, like a couple decades, and it uh, like used to host witchcraft essays and like all this like theory and stuff like that um, from different witches, and it was a great online resource. Um, there are good online resources. Uh, the show is an online resource, and I think I'm not doing a terrible job. Um, I think the the. You get things like, um, hmm, how to explain? So you get things like the witch talk community, which is maybe a little more insular. I think that's probably a little bit more of an issue when you have these kind of circular communities that are just engaging in that space and not looking outwards. Um, because like studying witchcraft online is not new. Uh, it's not remotely new. I've, I actually like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, I started in the 90s, and my earliest, like, I read books, but my first sources were websites. It's, so, um, like, the internet, there are good sources on the internet. Like, it's, there are bad sources on the internet, too. Um, but there are good sources as well. So, I think, uh, I think the larger, I think the only real problem I have is when you get these, um, kind of closed off circular communities where they don't really look outside of their own bubble and some lies get lies get repeated it's the important lesson is to always research your sources <laughs> like don't ever take one person's word on anything um that's yeah I don't know. I think that um, we've seen bubbles in, in, in fads and witchcraft before um, the 90s come to mind. Uh, and there will always be like little bubbling ups of there will always be bubbles of popularity that eventually like semi collapse. Like a lot of the people involved will stay with it, but a lot of people will leave it. Um, there is this kind of pattern of. Um, People get interested in witchcraft at a young age, and some of them, a lot of them, a lot of the people will, like, leave it after, like, only a couple of years, like a year or two or three. Um, some people will stick through it. Like, it's, you, you take a look. So I, I became a witch in the 90s, and I knew a bunch of people who were into witchcraft in high school. And out of those people, like, some of us are still witches, somewhat very different directions so um it's they're going to be people who it's it's a passing phase and it's and that's fine actually like i encourage phases i encourage experimentation and trying things out 
and seeing if they fit. And so I think you're going to see a lot of that from these people. And um, the best we can do is provide sources that they can go to. Like the best you can do is correct people when they're wrong. And in a, in a nice way, I, um, it yelling about things is funny, but rarely productive. <laughs> um, in this case, if, if you're trying to teach someone specifically that what they're doing is wrong, if they're like yelling about it is important if they're doing something harmful, but, uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm, and and actually, like, to, and, and to change the quality of information, actually, honestly, not a whole lot, because um, <laughs> if you look at witchcraft books from the 90s, like when I started out, there are a lot of them that are really bad. Like, there is stuff that I am really mad about that Silver Ravenwolf wrote decades ago, and that got published in a book. At least when a teenage TikToker says something wrong... There's no authority behind them beyond themselves, right? Like, they're the only thing that, like, verifies it versus, like, when a publisher, in theory with editors and, like, that, that people and people have a natural inclination to believe that books have more authority. Yeah, that's. That's worse. So, I don't know. There's probably more misinformation just because there's more noise. Like it's um the signal to noise ratio is always gonna be more noise. But you just kinda kinda meow. meow. Alright. Alright, and finally, my last question of the episode, which is a long one. Well, the last letter might be more than one question. All right, I have a few questions. So let's first start with one. Will becoming a witch make encounters with ghosts and other paranormal beings inevitable? I'm very afraid of ghosts and such so much that I cannot watch any scary movies or read any scary books. I suppose my overactive imagination is to blame. Also, my religious upbringing may have something to do with it. I was raised Baptist and the fear of hell and demons was firmly implanted in my brain. Fear, in general, is a huge motivating factor in that religion. It's more of a cult, to be honest. I don't, I'm not making, that's their judgment, not mine. I don't know. Um, Even though I left the Baptist religion a few years ago, I still carry some of those fears with me. To summarize, I'm hesitant to try witchcraft because I'm afraid of ghosts. All right, I'm going to read the second half of this and then answer both questions. um, Two, and related to the previous point, will I open myself up to something that could harm me as a beginner witch? I mean, what is the worst thing a ghost can do to a human? How can I be sure that I am safe and protected? Three, how can I be sure I am doing spells correctly? In my previous religion, prayer was the only way to connect to God. I sucked at it. I tried my best to feel a spiritual connection while praying, but never really did. My prayers felt like I was talking to myself instead of talking to a higher power. At first, I thought there was something wrong with me or that my sin was preventing me from connecting to God. In the end, I decided that that kind of prayer and religion just wasn't for me but i'm still researching but i'm still searching to feel spiritual connections and experiences somehow which is why i'm looking into witchcraft all right so one will becoming a witch make encounters with ghosts and other paranormal beings inevitable no not at all not remotely you might be more inclined to notice something you hadn't noticed before that was already there but like um no 
No, it's... I've known, like, as a person who's had paranormal experience, I've also talked to people who've seen ghosts who were not witches. It's not... It's not any any different. It's... Um, I have a lot of ghost stories because I used to be in spaces that were haunted. <laughs> it wasn't... My being... I was... I started... I was in those spaces before I was a witch. All right? <laughs> like... My first ghost experience, I was not a witch yet, so no. Um, yeah, that's fine. Um, I might be more inclined to make a mental note of them, but uh, yeah. So, no. Uh, so for your second, um, will you open yourself up to something that could harm you? All right, so here's the thing. Um, if you're worried about ghosts, the, the first spell, the first thing I always think people should learn as a witch is protective spells. If you put up protective warding or you shield yourself and you do that, like, that's all you need to do. That's, um, ghosts are energy. The protective spells largely protect against negative energy. That's what you're protecting yourself against. Um, the worst thing a ghost could do to a human, well, um, I've seen, like, I've seen something knock a physical object off. So, like, I guess if there was a precariously placed rock and a determined ghost, they could knock it off of a high cliff. Like, I mean, that's that's the worst thing that they could do, I guess. Like, in those specific circumstances, a malicious ghost, a precariously placed rock on a ledge, and you walking underneath. That's That's what it could do, and... That's true, that no protective magic is going to protect against rocks. Um, <laughs> but okay. Um, but so, yeah, just, you just shield yourself. You'll be fine. And uh, if you don't want to see ghosts, don't go where there are ghosts. That's <laughs> All right. Three, how, the, how can you be sure that you're doing spells correctly? I don't know. Like, this is the grand question that every witch has to ask themselves. Um... How do I know that I'm doing my spells correctly and my spells are working? And the answer is you don't until you try and see if it happens. Um, like I do energy work, which does a lot of visualization and like I have to kind of like key in. Um, but I think that like if you go to the same thing, like where you weren't feeling it with fair feeling connection, that might not be the paradigm of witchcraft is best for you. You might be better off with more material um, stuff. Um, and we can talk about the metaphysical reasons why that would work and some of it, but like, whatever, like just more traditional spells, you know, candle magic, doing stuff with sigil craft, like things like that. And you just find the one that you connect with the most. And, um, you just sort of like, you have to try and guess that's, that's the best thing is you, you, you cast spells and see if they work. It's, I know, like, literally, like, trial and error is how I got through a lot of my own stuff. Like, some of my early wards were not super successful. Um, and then I changed the way I did things, and suddenly they were. And I unfortunately was in a situation where I got to test them directly. Uh, but that's uh, not a story I'm going to go into. Um, and it's one of those stories that if, again, if someone repeated back to me that story, I wouldn't believe them. All right. Uh, so yeah, it's just kind of gotta because because here's the thing is I found is that not every spell works for every witch. So like, and that's not a failure of the witch 
to to not have a specific spell work for them. It's just a it means you need to find a different format. That's it. Um, to one that does suit you, and uh, try little things. You know, it's scientific method, man. Um, take notes, cast spell, take notes, see if it worked, didn't work, modify, try it a different way. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what you got to do. Wow. There's a lot of. All right. For an episode that was supposed to be the easy one, we certainly have gone long. So um, with that, we're going to wrap up this month's episode of BS3 Witchcraft. Next month, we'll go back to a regular, like, you know, under half hour episode. But um, remember, uh, you can follow the show in many ways. <laughs> um, on uh, We're on all major podcatchers, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're on Pandora now. Um, and if you could, like, leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or whatever. We'd really appreciate that. It helps boost the show in algorithms. Um, I want to thank my patrons, um, especially patrons at the shout-out level of uh, who are Stephanie Graves, Mary Stowell, Lindsay Dosey, Bruce Norville, and Courtney. Um, if you'd like to help support the show financially, and which really helps me out, you can find my Patreon at patreon.com slash T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N. Um, even just a dollar a month gives you access to these episodes a whole week early. So you could, you could have heard this like, oh, if you're not a Patreon patron, you could have heard this episode a whole week earlier than you did. Unless you're archive binging, in which then, you know, you could have heard it earlier than you're hearing now because you're listening to an old episode. But that's fine, too. And we're all okay with that. Um, if you can't afford to support the show on Patreon, I understand. Remember, you can always just help out the show by sharing this with everybody you know and just talking their ear off about how great it is. That's that's what works for me. Um, and if you want to follow the show on social media, um, on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash bsfreewitchcraft. You can follow me on Twitter at T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N, on Tumblr at T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N dot Tumblr dot com. And uh, we have a we have a YouTube page. Just search for BS Free Witchcraft. Um, I also uh, just joined TikTok because people kept telling me I should join TikTok. So uh, I'm on TikTok. Uh, T r a e g o r n. Um, you can watch me complain about the deer in my neighborhood. I do, the deer in my neighborhood drive me nuts, and so I've been complaining about them on Tumblr for a long time. But now you can watch me complain about them on TikTok uh, and other stuff. There's other stuff there. Um, <laughs> uh, remember, we the there's a Discord. Uh, we're part of the Nerd and Tie Network, uh, of po Nerd and Tie Podcast Network, and one of the things we have is uh, we have a Discord where you can chat with me and other witches in our witchcraft section. Um, and it's a fairly active group. It's a really great community, and you can find an invite for that at nerdandtie.com slash Discord. Speaking of the Nerd and Tie Network, there's a whole, like, whole bunch of other shows on the network. Notably, Hex Positive, hosted by Brina Garen, is the other witchcraft show on this network. Bree is a secular witch and author of multiple books, including Grove Daughter Witchery, which I often suggest, just like I did previously this episode, and is uh, it's it's a great show. Um, and you can find more information about that show at nerdandtie.com/hex. This show, of course, can always be found at bs3witchcraft.com or at nerdtech.com slash bs3witchcraft. And I'm just like, dudes, what? I don't know. <laughs> you guys are the best. Um, and I uh, will talk to you magicians again next month. <laughs>